take our Bibles and turn back to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis chapter number 13, Genesis chapter number 13. I do want to encourage you to come back tonight. Uh, Matthew Talent is going to get baptized. Jason's going to baptize Matthew. Matthew was saved many years ago now during our vacation Bible school, and I remember that when he got saved, the next night he said, I'd like to say something to everybody. And in front of the whole Bible school crowd, I remember Matthew said that everybody should believe on Jesus and get saved. I remember him telling everybody that, all the children, how important it is to be a Christian and to be born again. And so tonight he's uh, following that, that decision for Christ to uh, follow that in believers' baptism. So we're proud of him. We're proud of what God is doing. I do ask that you keep praying for him. Uh, do remember him. Uh, if you're unfamiliar who he is or if you're newer around here, he's the, the real big, tall, young man. So uh, he was here at the Fall Festival here last weekend with us. So tonight we'll be baptizing. Jason will be baptizing him. So we're excited about that. So do pray for him. Genesis chapter 13, and we're going to begin in verse number 5. Trouble between Abraham and Lot. You ever had trouble with anybody? Amen. I remember one time a friend of mine, it's downstairs in my office, a little booklet. It's called uh, How to Deal with Difficult People. How to Deal with Difficult People. And many of you are probably thinking, well, I'm glad I'm not difficult. You're the one. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> one of the greatest things that you can have is a touch of self-awareness. Amen. Judge yourself that you will not be judged. Amen? Examine yourself. It would be good. It would be good. Amen? Listen, I mean it. If you've never ever... This, I feel like I should say this. If you've never ever went up to anybody in your life and said you're sorry or you was wrong about something, and something's wrong, because there is something in all of our lives that, that we've unknowingly, unwittingly, or even intentionally. We've had to be sorry about something. And if, if you've never done it, I want to encourage you to do it. It's a, it, is, it is living out the gospel. It is bearing burdens. And I want to encourage you to be that person. To go up to something. That, I'm not saying that, uh, that you've got to make up something. Or maybe it's something happened 10 years ago. Or maybe it's going to be something in the future. If you've never done it, then you should. Amen? So here we have trouble between Abraham and Lot. And some issues come up in their family. And this is the way that it is, isn't it? Jesus said offenses will come, and they will. And we have trouble here in the family of Abraham and Lot. Now remember, Lot is Abraham's nephew. And here we're going to see there is some division and trouble among them. And that will happen. It certainly will. We have to handle it when it does. Genesis chapter 13, verse 5. If you're there, say amen. And the Bible says, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now you remember verse number 2 of this chapter, that Abram was very rich in silver and gold. And no doubt they got a lot of that from Egypt. And so the Bible says in verse number 6, that the land was not able to bear them. It's most likely water. That they might dwell together, for their substance was great. 
So there wasn't enough water, it seems, so that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. And that's the way it is. It's always complicated. It's not, it's not necessarily between Abraham and Lot, but it's the circle of Lot and the circle of Abraham, and there's some tension around these people. And so, verse number 9, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, Abraham said. For me, if thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Abraham's very reasonable here. In verse number 10, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like unto the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. So, Ab- so Lot was noticing the water. So the conflict was most likely about water. It was well watered there. In verse number 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves from the one to the other. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Verse 13, our last verse, But the men of Sodom were wicked, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for this morning. We love You, we worship You, and praise You. Help us now. Help me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I pray this Bible, this Word, will do a great work in our lives. And we can leave here, Lord, we might not know what this Word is for yet. But Lord, You might be putting it in our heart for a day that when we should need it. It's important, Lord, to us. It's important for us. And Lord, sometimes our heart may think, this, this doesn't apply to me today. But Lord, have us to not forget, what about tomorrow? What about next year and the next month? Your Word is for our edification and for our help. And I pray, Lord, we will realize how important it is to listen carefully, to apply it to our lives. And Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would do that work in our hearts, that we would value it and apply it and keep it in our heart this morning. We love You, we praise You, we worship You, Jesus. In Your name we ask these things. Amen. Now remember from last Sunday morning that Abraham is returning from Egypt. And God's people will not stay in the world. They won't. We've learned that it's hard for them to do it. You've probably learned that from your experience, amen. And if that is your experience, then praise God that you're not of the world. You've come out from the world. God's people have a hard time sinning enthusiastically and successfully. And if you say you know Jesus and you rejoice in your sin, then uh, you don't have fellowship with the Father because God is light and there's no darkness in Him at all. Amen. So Abraham, he had a lapse in faith. He cannot stay in Egypt. That's not his land. He's not from there. And so Abraham, he goes back, back into the will of God. Now, God's people cannot remain in Egypt. They cannot stay there for very long. We're going to see more and more of this in our age, and sadly, I want you to pay attention to it, because I want you to recognize that there's going to become more and more and more people who say they know Jesus, but they're not going to be in fellowship with His people, with His church, with His Word. 
and with his commandments. Sadly, the days of apostasy are upon us, aren't they? There's a lot of people who say, I know him, but they don't have fellowship with him at all. We're going to see more and more and more, sadly, that faith and church and prayer and keeping his word are going to become more and more of a less priority in people's lives. Now, how do you know that you know him? You can't stay in Egypt for very long. Amen? So Abraham had a lapse in his faith, but Abraham's returned. But notice, Abraham's come back from Egypt, and there's still some drama in his life. Because a lapse in faith often has lingering effects in our lives. Did you hear me? A lapse in your faith often has lingering effects in your life. Just like if you... uh, and played around with a skill saw, and you cut your finger off with it. And you didn't mean to do it, but it happened. There ain't hardly anything in this life that's going to be able to get your finger back. There is a rule of cause and effect. There is a law of reaping what you sow. Now the goal is to stay close to Jesus that your life won't have the world's consequences in it. You want to follow Jesus closely, that way you'll have less marks in your life from the world. Amen? You want to follow Jesus. So the goal is, have no lapse in your faith. But every time you have a lapse in your faith, I'm glad that Jesus forgives us, aren't you? I'm glad we can come back to Him, aren't you? We can come back to Jesus Christ. Amen? We can have fellowship with Him again. We could confess our sins and he's able to wash us and cleanse us from our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He can, amen? And he has, hasn't he? And he will continue to do it. But we also know that there are lingering effects to our waywardness in our life, isn't there? A lapse in faith always has lingering effects, doesn't it? You can't unsee what you saw. You can't undo sometimes what happened, can you? And then the devil uses it against us, and our mind uses it against us, and there oftentimes are real consequences for our lapse in our faith, isn't there? So don't lapse in faith, amen? How can we keep it in the faith? Well, let's make sure we're we're, we're current in our prayer life. Some simple things. Let's make sure we're steady in the Word of God. Let's make sure we're reading the Word of God, and not only reading it, but we're reading it to do the Word of God. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to do what it says. And let's stay faithful in church, amen? Let's not lose fellowship with the church of Jesus Christ so we don't have a lapse in our faith. But every time there's a lapse, there's lingering effects that happen in our lives. And this is true for Abraham here. Now this story of Abraham, is, is, it's so much of a parallel. He's, he's walking by faith, and we as Christian people also walk by faith, and we identify with what's happening in Abraham's life. Abraham has a lapse, and there's lingering effects. One of them we'll learn, Lord willing, about later. He possibly, he picked up Hagar. She's an Egyptian. She's his handmaid, a servant, and he found her quite possibly in Egypt. And later on, we'll see the consequences of that. But one thing that happened to Abraham while he was in Egypt, and some of us might think would be the greatest thing that ever happened to us, is that Abraham got rich while he was in Egypt. Now remember, Abraham's wife, Sarah, she's a good-looking woman, and Pharaoh gives Abraham a bunch of stuff to get 
Sarah, Abraham's wife, to be with him. And Lot was rich as well. And Abraham left Egypt with a bunch of money. Now some people think, well, that's the best thing that could ever happen to us. No, the best thing that ever happened to you is know Jesus as your Savior. That's the best thing that ever happened to you. More money, more problems. Amen? Money is rarely the answer to your life. Now, some of you might think, well, if I had more money, I could have this, but it'll never stop, will it? Because if you had more money, guess what? You're going to want more money. It's like a broken cistern that can hold no water. If you want more silver, you're going to want more silver and more gold, and it'll never end. God help us, amen? The love of money is the root of all evil, and you could find every sin to be monetized in this life. You ever notice that? It's amazing though, the true gospel of Jesus Christ is hard to monetize because it's full and free and freely offered to all who'd receive it. But you can make a lot of money off sin, amen? You sure can. And Abraham, he left Egypt with a lot of money. In verse number 2, the word rich, it, it, in Hebrew it literally means weighty. And so Abraham left Egypt with riches, but also that brings a lot of weight in our life, don't it too? You know, a rich man, he wants, he, got, he has a lot of money, but now he has to figure out how to keep his money. And money brings a lot of weight, a lot of burdens. That's what it means. More money, more problems. Amen. And don't think just because you don't have money that you might not covet after money. Because you might love money even more than a rich man. You spend all your days as a poor person trying to figure out how you can get more money. And you're obsessed with getting more money. And you're jealous of everybody who has money. you got a problem with money too. Amen? Hey, we're blessed, aren't we? Either way. Amen. God's been good to all of us, hasn't He? Trust in the Lord. Not, let's, not, let's not trust in the deceitfulness of riches. Let's trust in the Lord. Amen? Who's never deceitful, is He? So Abraham, he come back from Egypt with a lot of money. Well, that's good, but yeah, my, maybe, but that's also a lot of burdens in his life. And this, this money, this wealth became a snare to Lot and Abraham, didn't it? It became a, a source of, con, of contention. And it's sad how riches and money will so easily come between family and friends, isn't it? It's sad. There have been a lot of families destroyed arguing about money. Amen? There's been a lot of families divided arguing about who gets who when Mamaw dies. People fighting over jewelry, amen? I love Mamaw, but I like her rings too. <laughs> you ain't seen somebody in years and Papaw dies and I want my share, right? There's been a lot of family trouble over this, isn't there? Hey, this is some advice. If you ain't made a will, you need to start thinking about it, Amen. Don't let money be the dividing factor in your family's history. Amen? So they had some trouble. And their trouble was about money. And so they had a lot of burdens. They had a lot of afflictions. But this strife and this trouble was spilling over. And it was affecting people around them. And the truth is, in verse number 7, it was also making them look bad. Because they was arguing about it. Look at verse number 7, the last part of the verse. The Bible wants us to see something. And the Bible says, And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. Now what that means is, is the fighting between Abraham and Lot had weakened them in the eyes of their enemies. So they were arguing with each other. They're, they're different groups, they're different clans. And, and, the, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite are looking in and saying, Look at these two people of faith. 
Look at these people who are following God. Look at these people who are keeping the Word and they're arguing about something of this world. Hey, listen, let's not argue here at Westside, amen? Let's not fight and let's bicker. And if it happens and it's going to happen, there's going to be arguments, there's going to be disagreements, there's going to be different opinions. There will be different ideas and opinions at this church. Amen? There will be. But let's not fight at Westside. Amen? Let's not argue. At you know, there's a lot of people who don't go to church because they heard their family roasting somebody they go to church with and they'll never go there. I heard about it even in my family line just the other day about how some people grew up and they heard about the fighting going on at the church and they heard about it on Sunday of all days around the dinner table. Hey, listen, if you want to roast me, don't do it in front of your kids, amen? I'm serious. If you want to talk about me, don't do it because I'm trying to preach to your kids. Amen? And I'll freely admit, I'm not perfect. I'll admit it to everybody and anybody. And if I've wronged you in any way, I want you to see me after service and I want to try my best to make it right. But don't, please don't roast each other and don't eat each other for lunch on Sunday. Eat chicken. <laughs> not West Side. Eat Captain D's. If your indigestion comes on Sunday night, let it be because you ate too many hush puppies. Not because you ate the members of Westside for lunch. Amen? This strife between Abraham and Lot, the Bible is wanting to see something. It's the Canaanite and the Perizzite. They dwell in the land too, and they're going, look at them people. Look at them people. Now the Bible says that Abraham here is solving the problem. And in verses 8 and 9, and we've already read them, Abraham, he's trying to keep the peace. Now, Abraham is more spiritual here than Lot because you'll notice it is always the most spiritual person that is trying to make peace. Now, spiritual people sometimes cause trouble. Spiritual people make mistakes. Spiritual people say the wrong things. There is not a spiritual person here that walks in this life without ever offending anybody. So being spiritual then isn't that you don't ever offend anybody. Being spiritual is when you do, you quickly go and try to make it right. Now Abraham here, he is spiritual. He, when we say, well, that person's spiritual, what do we think that means? Let's clear this up too. When we say, boy, they're a spiritual person, do you mean they raise their hands in church? Is that what you mean? You say, boy, that's a spiritual person. They just love the Lord. Why? Because they shouted? Boy, that's, they're full of the Spirit. Why? Because they testified? How do we know somebody is full of the Spirit? How do we know somebody really is following Jesus? How do we know that somebody really loves the Lord? Well, the first fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. They have the fruits of the Spirit. It really don't matter what you say, does it? Remember that. It doesn't matter what you say. Is there evidence in your life that the Bible says about you that you really are following Jesus? It matters what the Bible says, don't it? It don't matter what you say. Here's what the Bible says about you and I, that every single one of us is a liar. That's what the Bible says about you and I. We can't be trusted. We're not the absolute authority on Christianity. The Bible is, it don't matter what you say. So what is somebody who's spiritual? One of the greatest 
evidences of a spiritual person is when there is trouble, they are the ones who are trying to make peace. Did you hear that? They're the ones who are trying to make it right. Don't be shocked when sinners sin. Don't be shocked when saints make mistakes. Don't be caught off guard when somebody offends you. But what should quickly happen is that person should quickly go. Amen? Quickly go. You know what's great about this passage today? Is I have no idea what you're going, in, what you're going through in your life. None. This is just where we ended up next in our story of preaching through the life of Abraham. Amen? This is just where we are. And you know what that means? That none of us can say here this morning, well, he's just preaching that because what's going on in my life? I really don't know what's going on in your life. I've been so busy lately, I don't even know what's going on, Bryson, in my life. I can't keep up with me. I sure can't keep up with you. Amen? Most of the time. <laughs> Be spiritual. Abraham's walking by faith. Trouble comes up. He wants to make it right. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Amen? Who are called the children of God? Peacemakers. That's who they are. How do you know what a child of God looks like? Peacemakers. They're not trying to keep the anger and the division going in the family. He's walking by faith. Abraham is an example to us. He's walking by faith. How do we know he's a child of God? How shall we know they're children of God? Because they are peacemakers. We'll say something, it might sound crazy at first. You know what most of the problems that go on in the local church are? It's caused by unsaved people. People who don't know Jesus. Because they linger and they fester and they carry on. That's convicting. How do we know what the children of God are? They are peacemakers. It's not that Christian people don't ever get into it. It's not that Christian people don't make mistakes. It's not that Christian people don't have division. Christian people seek peace when trouble comes. Amen? You ever got an argument with your wife? Billy. <laughs> I have. It's me. You and me both. Amen, Billy? Now, what's the best thing me and Billy can do when there's trouble at home? Since we've got to live together, not me and Billy. Me and Billy can't live together, <laughs> can we? No. Sheila's like, there ain't no way Josh and Billy can live together. <laughs> How in the world are we going to make it at home? Me and Brittany are going to have to strive for peace. Amen? Now, notice, notice what Abraham said. Let there be no strife. Let there be no strife between us. You know, that might save a marriage today. Let there be no strife between us. Amen? Is that not the most spiritual thing you've heard in a while? Don't let there be strife between us, Abraham said. Hey, you know what? That should be the attitude of our church. Let there be no strife between us. We don't want any contention. We don't want any division. We don't want any arguing. It's convicting, isn't it? You know why? Because all of us have had strife, haven't we? All of us. Now, you, you might be the newer one, but guess what? There's been a bunch happening before you come along. <laughs> 
I remember when I was a little boy, Nikki, I was just little, under 10 years old. You know what I heard about? Sometimes I heard about some of the strife that's going on in church. I remember thinking, you'd ask my mother one time, she asked me, she, well, I told her one time some things are going on, and I said, I said, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. I got that from my mama. That ain't right, is it? You ever said that about what's going on in church? That ain't right. It ain't right what they're doing. It ain't right. <laughs> it ain't right. Let there be no strife between us. That's a good word, isn't it, from Abraham? He's quickly trying to solve the problem. I read a passage in the book of Luke the other day, and it said, Jesus said, but ye shall not be so. And there's some things about our lives that ought not to be. Amen? Ye shall not be so. Jesus is saying there's going to be a difference between you and everybody else. And the difference ought to be that the, that the Hittites and the Perizzites ought not to be saying, look at them, I knew they wasn't real. The difference ought to be this. How shall the world know that you are my disciples? Jesus said, because you love one another. You know, love is not the absence of strife. Love is not the absence of an argument. Love is not the absence of, a, of bickering. Love is when it happens. Hey, let there not be no strife between us. I love you more than my problem. I love you more than me winning. I love you more than what I want. I love you more than what we're going through. How there's not a place in this world where forgiveness and patience and long-suffering can be practiced like it is in the local church. This is where love is displayed. This is where arguments are, 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 are laid aside. This is where peace rules over division. This is where it happens. It's not at work, is it? It's not at the Woggles. It's not at the Burger King. It's not at McDonald's. It's nowhere. It's here. This is where it happens within the local church. Amen? This is where it's practiced. We come here voluntarily. We come here because we want to. We come here because this is where we go. We don't come here to get a paycheck. We don't come here to get a new car. We don't come here because this is where our kids play ball. We're not just putting up with each other because we have to be here. No, we are coming here to practice what Jesus taught us to do among each other. Amen? I, my son plays football for Norris Middle School. They won the championship a couple weeks ago. Amen? They did good, but would you believe out there in the stands that night there were some parents, they were getting into it. And a part of me, I thought, they act like Baptists, but I thought, no, like, no. <laughs> they were getting into it and fighting and arguing with the other team's fans, and I thought, well, you know, they can do that in a way, not that they should, because they're never going to see each other again. They act that way. Let not it be so. Here. Amen. Abram said, let there be no strife. Now there's a parallel going on here, and I'm closing. We see Lot's choice, though, in verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. It seems here that Abraham has, has learned his lesson. Now the, remember the lesson he learned it the hard way. Abraham, listen carefully, this is the Word of God, we want to get it all. 
Abraham left Canaan land where God told him to be, and he went down to Egypt. And he went down to Egypt, and there was a lot of drama, and God never appeared to him, and there was a lot of bad stuff that happened there. And then he finally, because he can't stay there for long, he, he returns back to the will of God, okay? And he's learned an important lesson. He said, now remember the compromise, that Lot chose the plains of Jordan, well watered, but then the Bible wants us to know there that there's also Sodom and Gomorrah are there. And in verse number 13, the Bible says that they are wicked sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And in verse number 10, the Bible references this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's got more water, the land is better, but it's not where Abraham is supposed to be. Do you notice that? Now Abraham appears to have learned his lesson. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to go to a better place just because it's better. I want to be where God wants me to be. And the Bible says here, remember, that Abraham, verse number 12, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. He dwelled where there was less water. He's like, I learned my lesson. I'm not just going to move around because it's better for my life. I'm going to be where God wants me to be. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not going to trust what I see. I'm not going to trust how I feel. I'm not going to trust my comfort. I don't trust my desires. I'm not going to live by myself anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus. But Lot, you do what you want to do. And Lot chose the well-watered plains of Jordan. The Bible says that Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw it. Verse 11, that Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And in verse number 12, Lot's getting closer. Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. This was the worst mistake in Lot's life, wasn't it? You know the rest of the story, don't you? Cost him his wife cost his children their mother. It cost an inappropriate relationship with his daughters. It cost him a night of drunkenness. Here's the application. Abraham was walking by faith and not by sight, but Lot here is walking by sight, isn't he? Because verse 10, Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the well-watered plains of Jordan. The parallel here is clear. Abraham says, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And Lot walked by sight, and he saw the well-watered plains of Jordan with his eyes. Here's the application for our lives. Before we make a decision, we need to ask ourselves, is this good for my soul? Is this what God wants me to do? Is this where God wants me to go? Does this line up with the Word of God or are my eyes telling me I want to go to the well-watered plains of Jordan? Now, how, how does that affect relationships in the local church? Here's what people do. They don't remain in Canaan land because sometimes it's hard and they go for greener pastures. And the Word of God says walk by faith. And how do you know you walk by faith? You live out what you believe according to the Word of God. And instead of running away out of Canaan land, you stay here and you follow the Word of God and you forgive and you say let there be no contention between us and you say we're going to make it right. This is where God put me. This is my church. This is where I worship 
And if I leave and go to the well-watered plains of Jordan, I walk by my sight, walk how I feel, walk by what I see, let my emotions lead me and guide me, then you're going to walk out of the land that God has promised you. People leave churches all the time because they don't forgive. People leave churches all the time because of contention. People leave churches all the time because there is a dry season in Canaan land. People leave churches all the time because of bickering and division. And they say, I'm going to go to some other place. I'm going to go down the road. And they don't even make it right before they go. Listen, if you ever leave a church because of contention and problems and heartache and sorrow, at least make it right before you go. Because you should maintain fellowship with other Christians. Amen? You're leaving people over there that are mad at you or you're mad at them. Love each other. Amen? Lot made a terrible choice. He walked by faith and not by sight. He walked according to his own wishes and not what God wanted him to do. And it cost him dearly in his life. Let's stand to our feet. We'll get a song prepared. If there's a need here this morning, I want you to come. I want you to take the opportunity to seek God, to pray about it, to find God in the matter. If there's strife, then let there be no strife. Amen? If there's heartache, if there's trouble among us, let's quickly remedy it. Let's make it right. Let's, let's solve the problem. Let's pray about it. Let's forgive each other. Let's be long-suffering and be patient with each other. Walk by faith and not by how you feel. Walk by faith, walking according to the Word of God. We've learned that trusting in the Lord is doing what He says. Trusting God is doing what He says. Abraham would have trusted God by leave, staying in Canaan land. That's doing what God says. He went his own way. Lot would have trusted God by not pitching his tent towards Sodom, not going to a place where it's exceedingly sinful just because the economy is better over there. He's walking by sight and not by faith. Walk according to Scripture. Amen. Listen carefully. Don't live your life seeking your own gain or comfort or goals. Do what the Bible says. Do what the Bible says. That's walking by faith. Amen? Maybe there's, maybe there's need for prayer. You come this morning. What song are we going to sing? 375. 375. You obey the Lord this morning.